Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Amen. Go ahead, turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter number 10. The Gospel of John, chapter number 10. We're going to start reading in the first verse. And this is Jesus talking. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers." Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Verse number seven. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Heaven and earth will pass away, but you said your word will never pass away. Your word will endure all the criticisms, all of the Rejection of men. Your word will stand the test of wars and rumors of wars and fighting and politics. Your word will endure forever. Your word. So God, we posture ourselves to hear what the Spirit is saying today to the church. God, as always, I count it an honor and a privilege to be able to be used of you today. Use me for your glory. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Enable me, Lord, to be a vessel that will bring great encouragement and great comfort to your people. As I will give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. We had begun uh, a series a few weeks ago entitled 
uh, I Am. Actually, we started this series last week. It's called I Am Series. And the reason why we call it the I Am Series is because Jesus made about seven I Am statements. Those statements reflect really the character of God and the nature of God and who he is and what he represents to us in the world. Jesus made such statements as, I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the son of God. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and so these were statements that Jesus made to identify who he was and what he represents. And so we are exploring some of these statements that Jesus made about who he was. Last week, we talked about one of those statements when Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In that particular message, God revealed to us really the importance of seeking him for all the right reasons. We talked last week about Jesus as he had, had, had pointed out that there were a lot of people that were following him, but they weren't following him because of who he was and what he did and what he represented, but they followed him simply because he was feeding them, he was giving them food. Jesus had to remind them, he said, labor not for the bread that perishes, but for the bread that endures unto eternal life. In other words, Jesus was saying, I am true bread. In that particular message, we unveiled the fact that only Jesus can satisfy the longing of every soul. We were all created in the image of God, and we are made, and we were all made for his glory and only he can satisfy us. And so, so today, we're going to continue uh, in this series, and we'll talk about another one of those I am statements. And one of them is, I am the door. Now, in addition, within the context of I am the door, we will also reference a couple other I am statements to drive home the point. I want to say this to you this morning that there are really only two doors. There's a door of life, and there's a door of death. The door of death will present itself in many different forms. How many know that Satan is the father of lies? The door of death, its goal is to lure you into a life of destruction and pain. What Satan does is he promises you the world, but in the end, it all leads to a dead end without God. And then there's the door to life. And this is what Jesus said. He says, I am the door. One door, one way, one man, and that is Jesus Christ. That was your opportunity to give Jesus praise right there. We all were saddened back in 2001, September 11th. And we are just horrified of the images that we saw with people uh, jumping out of the building when they had the fire on their backs and, and they have you know, hundreds of feet to fall and they have to make a decision. They know they're going to die and they just have to decide. Only thing that's left is how, how am I going to die? And so we all witnessed those horrific pictures, and they say that over 3,000 people died on that day. But what we don't talk about as much 
is that there were a lot of people that were able to escape. They were able to get out of the building, and we praise God for that. And so many of them, they are out on the circuit today, and they're giving testimonies about how they were able to, to, to get out of it. And I imagine that as bad as it was, that when they were going through that moment, when they're in that building and there's fire and they don't know if this whole thing is going to fall down on them, everybody is afraid, they're terrified, they don't know what's going to happen, I can imagine that the, the number one question that they were asking was, where is the door? How do I get out of here? All I want to do, I, I, I just want out. I imagine nobody was standing there saying, well, you know, I'll just wait and see if they can find the door on their own. Or, you know, I'm not going to tell them where the door is because, you know, I don't want to offend them. How many know I'd rather offend them now to see them get saved than to have them be offended and go in a different direction? You see, what that moment represents is really the same thing for us today. You see, those people were desperate. They wanted out. Show me the door. Where is the door? How do I get out of this place? And nobody cared about theology. Nobody was worried about offending anybody. Nobody cared about that. All, and all they wanted to know is where is the door? If this is the only door for me to get out, if there is no other door, then will you please point me to that door? How many of you know what I'm talking about this morning? Jesus said, I am the door. I understand that to some extent, for some folks, that is offensive when we make that statement. Now, whether or not the folks believed it or not, if they were in that building and that was the only door, whether or not they believe it or not, how many know that is the only way out? And a lot of times I believe that it is in our presentation sometimes that we offend people. You, you ever met Christians that just enjoy offending people? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, we, we just take the light and just saying that my God is going to crush your God and, you know, you're going to go to hell and you blah, 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 and all of that. And how many know that everything that Jesus did, he did it in love? You see, when I tell you that, the, that this is the door, I'm not saying it to you in a way to where I want to be, uh, you know, I, I, I just want to show you, uh, you know, that my way is the way and I want to, I'm, I'm talking down to you. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it for my ego. I'm saying that the thing is on fire and the only way to get out is here. Go this way. How I many know it's a lot different when we say it that way, then they say, well, you better come to this door. You're going to die and go to hell. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? So our presentation oftentimes is flawed because it's not bathed in love. And so when I say that Jesus is the door, I'm not angry. I'm saying it because I love you and I want to see you get help. This is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the first five verses there, in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, Jesus gives the 
understanding of what it means to be the real shepherd. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. He goes before them. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. We don't have time to turn there today, but in your spare time, we'll probably build on this within a couple of weeks. But if you go to Ezekiel chapter number 34, I want you to read that. I want you to go home today, uh, and I want you to take a look at that, uh, preferably after the Dallas Cowboys win. I'm sorry I had to go there. So, um, I'm sorry. Did I kill the sermon? Okay, stay with me. So Jesus said he was a, so, so, so here in, in Ezekiel chapter 34, you see God bring an indictment against the pastors and the leaders of that day, these so-called shepherds, because they were abusing the flock. They were fleecing the flock. They were self-serving. And what Jesus says in Ezekiel, what, what the Bible says, God says through Christ, said in, in Ezekiel, he says, there's coming upon a time I'm going to raise up a shepherd. And what Jesus is really trying to say here is that I am that shepherd. See, Jesus is casting himself because how many know that everybody who claims to be a shepherd ain't a shepherd? Now, every, not everybody who claimed to care for you really cares about you, but how many know that Jesus really, really do loves you? He's the true shepherd. And when Jesus says that my sheep hear my voice, he speaks about a relationship. There's intimacy because Jesus cares for his sheep. These are sheep that has responded to the call of God. They have relationship with him. Jesus says, my sheep, those who have called, those who know me, they will respond. How many of you would say this morning that I'm his sheep? You hear his voice. Oh, if you're his sheep, you will know it. Even before you really knew it, you were his sheep. Oh, good God. How I many of you never thought that you would be here on this day? But way back then when you didn't realize that you belonged to God, God had already Facebook tagged you. <laughs> he had already tagged you and you didn't even know it. You're, he, he said, my sheep hears my voice. They follow me. They love me. They see a stranger. They will not hear. And what Jesus was saying to the leaders of that day, because the Pharisees, you got to remember, if you look at John chapter eight, verses chapter eight, chapter nine, if you read those chapters, Jesus was in this back and forth with the religious leaders. And the reality was, is that Jesus was also bringing indictment against them because they won't lead him right. Now, how many know he's a true shepherd? He says the other shepherd, they were thieves and robbers. See, they break in because they have no relationship. They're not authentic. They are not him. And this is what Jesus was getting at. And so Jesus was, I want you to, to, to follow me with this. And so Jesus is now, he's, he's talking to them. He, he's explaining to them that he's the shepherd. He's a, he's a true shepherd. He's the one that, that the sheep is going to respond to. He's the one that really, really care about the sheep. And 
And, and, and after Jesus said all that, it says in verse number six, look at verse six. Jesus used this illustration, but they still, watch this, did not understand the things which he spoke to them. So Jesus says, okay, let's try this again. <laughs> so then he goes down to verse number seven. Jesus said to them again, aren't you glad that God keeps speaking to you again? Aren't you glad that when you don't get it the first time, <laughs> God will come back and say, okay, let's try this again, class. Let's, let's do it again. And so Jesus, they didn't, they didn't catch it. They didn't understand what Jesus was saying. Jesus, okay, here we go. Okay, let's try this again. In other words, I'm going to be a little bit more crystallizing for you. I'm going to really bring this home in a way that you could really catch it and understand it. Jesus very plainly said to them in verse number seven, Jesus said in verse number, um, let's look at verse seven. Then Jesus said to them, again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now he's changing the language a little bit. He said, now, you know, I'm the shepherd. He said, now I am the door. Look at this now. He said, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. He's saying it again. Watch this. And he's going to drive it home even further. He said, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastor. So Jesus understands something, church. And I, I want you to understand it in the context that I presented this sermon to you. Jesus didn't say that he was one among many doors. He didn't say that I am a door. He didn't say that I, along with, there's some other doors that, that, that you know, or some other little uh, things that you can find around, other little ways. No, he, he never said that. He says, I am the door. How many know if that's true, then I want to hear it. Are you hearing me? If that is true, and I believe it's true, I want to know. I want, how many know that the world is on fire? Oh, come on, church. How many know that the world is in a world of trouble? How many know there's pain all around us? There is confusion. There is hate. There is bloodshed. There is war. There is uncertainty. And Jesus, in the midst of all of that, he says, I am the door. He's saying it in love. I'm it. I'm the way. I'm the only way that you would get to see God. In other words, he's saying, if you really want to know God, if you really want to know who he is, if you really want to know how he thinks, if you really want to under, try to understand who this God is, Jesus is simply saying, I am the access point to God. He said, I'm the access point. If you want to know him, how many of you want to know him? He said, if you want to know God, if you really want to understand him, if you really, really want to try to figure this thing out, Jesus is simply saying, and not in a condescending way, but he's saying it in a way of, of love and grace. He's saying, if you really want to know, I can tell you all about who God is. Come, come to me. It says, all who ever came before him were thieves and robbers. How many know that it's not only true then, but it's true today? Anyone who tries to gain access without the God of the Bible, Jesus makes it clear 
They're thieves and they're robbers. How many of you like thieves and robbers? How many of you like, will like thieves and robbers come into your door? None of us, right? Nothing really good about thieves and robbers. So people try to access their own way to God. They have their own gods, their own gods of lust, their own gods of pleasure, their own god of wisdom. Uh, I, I wanna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna imagine a god in my mind. I'm gonna imagine a god that that satisfies my cravings, and I will set up that idol and worship it. I mean, no, that's the kind of environment that we live in today. People are worshiping whatever they want, and Jesus stands there with love, saying, "Hey, hey, I'm it." Everything that you're looking for, I'm it. And he steps, he goes further. He says this, look at this. He says, if anyone, verse number nine, he says, I am the door, but if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Everybody say he will be. He will go in and out and find pasture. You know, pasture represents nourishment. Pasture represents peace. Pasture represents joy. It represents satisfaction. Jesus says, if you come to me and, 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 and you understand that I'm the door, if you come through me, you will go in and out and you will find joy. You will find nourishment. You will find peace. You will find all the things that you're looking for that you really need. Because how many know that what we really need is not stuff? Is anybody hearing me? What we really need is relationship. And what Jesus is saying is, he said, if you come by me, you will be saved. And not only that, you will go in and out. And even when everything else may be crumbling around you, you will still be walking in peace. Because how many know that your peace and your joy is not predicated upon the circumstances and the winds of life? Are you hearing me? Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Now, you got saved. And for some reason, you think that you were exempt. You know how you can write on your taxes if you qualify exempt? No, no. He says it rains on the just and the unjust. The difference is it's perspective. You, you understand? So it's, um, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be wins. Yes, there's going to be pain. There's going to be hurt. But even in the midst of that, if I stay with Jesus, I can find joy. I can find peace. I can find what I really need. So Jesus says in, it's in the book of Acts 4.12, and this is one of the disciples, and they were saying this. They says, there's salvation in no other other than the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. But then he says another interesting thing. He says the thief. Everybody say the thief. The thief comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. The thief. What Jesus is really saying is, you got to understand this, church, that there are forces of evil out there that want to destroy and wreck your life. So what he's saying is, he's saying the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And how many know the biggest thief that is out there today is Satan himself? 
The Bible said that he goes about mad, roaring, upset, angry, and all he want to do is find a vulnerable place where he can come in and wreck your life. He want to wreck your kids. He want to destroy your family. Thieves come in to steal. Because, you see, the thief is selfish. The thief desire is to destroy our lives. The thief desire is to wreck us. But Jesus said it this way. He said, but I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. <laughs> I, want you, I want you just to, just to think about that for a moment. Jesus says, here's the reason. He said, the whole reason why I came is that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. How many know that Jesus didn't come to take away from our life? He came to add value to your life. Jesus, listen, Jesus, when Jesus, when the Bible says don't do this or don't do that, how many know that it's not just about a bunch of rules and regulations? How many know that's love shouting out at you? Come on. How many know that that's love? When, when God says, don't do this, don't do that, he, he's saying, stop, don't do it because I love you. How many know he loves you? I came, he came that you might have life more abundantly. He wants to improve your life. He wants to make your life better. Every command in the word of God, church, every one of these commands, the, the aim is to help you to be better, to give you everything you think you want, you need, and you believe you should have. You can find it right here. But the enemy wants you to be duped. He wants you to think that somehow satisfaction, joy, and peace can come and stuff. And you're sitting here today because you realize that ain't true. Oh, is anybody here today who says, can say to me today, Pastor, I'm full. Ever since I came to Jesus, I'm full, and my life is so much better. Can anybody say that? If, they, if it is, can you clap your hand real? I just want to know, is there anybody out there that have experienced this? Joy, this peace, brings us to John chapter 14. We're getting ready to close. We're starting to land the plane. That's a dangerous thing to say to a pastor. Uh, it's not good, not good. John chapter 14. They're going to, brother, they're going to get you later. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Look at this. Not yet. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Look at this. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Look, listen to these words. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
Now hear this. So here the disciples, I want you to capture this moment because they have spent several years with Jesus. They have spent all this time and, and Jesus had been pouring into them. And many of the disciples, they gave up everything to follow him. And, and Jesus had been preparing them for this moment. All along the way, he kept saying, the son of, there's coming a point in time that the son of man is going to die. And Jesus just kept telling them this all the, all the way through. And, and so they realized was that this was that moment when Jesus was going to leave. And, and Thomas and the others, and they're all sitting there, they're thinking, oh God, what, where are you going to go? I mean, when you leave, I mean, it's like, Jesus, we've been here for like all this time we've spent with you. I mean, where do we go? Who do we listen to? I mean, it's, you know, there are going to be so many people saying so many things, and, and we're just confused, and, and we don't know. Jesus, I mean, what, how, why you got to go? What's happening? What's going on? What are we going to do? And that's why Jesus start with, let not your heart be troubled. That's why he told him, he said, don't let your heart, he said, listen, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Because, see, you believe in God. You also believe in me. And, and, and what he was saying was, watch this, what he was saying was that, that, that I'm going to prepare something, something beautiful, something magnificent. That word mansions mean dwelling places. If you think it's like the mansion that you see in some big old house, you know, it's, it, you, you, don't, you don't get it. Come on, church. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. And then he says, watch this. And not only that, but I'm going to prepare that place for you. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to receive you unto myself. And even after Jesus said that, Thomas said to him in verse 5, Lord, we do not know where you're going. Still want to know. And how do we know, Jesus? And so, so then that's when Jesus makes his statement that I'm the way, the truth. I am, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, Thomas, here's what you got to understand, that I'm the way. In other words, I'm the way to God. I'm your GPS. I'm the truth. All of the claims, because you got to understand that at this moment, they had to be thinking, boy, there's going to be so much stuff coming in, right? So much information coming in. What do I believe? I'm the truth. Stick with me, and I'm the life, meaning that I am the source of all life. I'm it. You want to know what life is? It's Jesus, period. But then Jesus don't even leave him there. But he takes it a step further. He says, and nobody, nobody, no one comes to the Father except through me. You see, in other words, you see, all these roads that you're going to hear about, and there are going to be so many people, my disciples, there are going to be so many people saying so many things, but I want to make you to know today that all those roads that you hear talked about, all those ways, they all have to, must come through me. That's what Jesus is saying. You got to come through him, all these roads. All these ways. And so, and so we can embrace. We can embrace and we can believe what Jesus said. Now, why can we believe what Jesus said? I'm glad you asked. Jesus made another statement. He says, 
in John chapter 11, 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection <laughs> and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Now, understand something. What the resurrection does is it gives, everybody say, weight. It gives weight to the claims of Jesus. See, when Jesus said, see, if I just said I'm the way, the truth, and the light, you might have an option to believe. You have an option to believe me, right? I mean, it's like there have been a lot of people that have walked the earth, right? And they've made claims, right? Jim Jones, David Koresh, whole host of others. They made claims. Hey, they got the way to God. But how many know they're all dead? I said they're all dead. But Jesus, look at the neighbors and say, he got up. See, what the resurrection does, it validates every claim that Jesus made. And so when Jesus stand up and say, I am the way, the truth, we can believe it. Why? Because he got up. The grave could not hold him. So there's much more weight when Jesus said, are you hearing me today? Uh, I mean, I mean, like to go to bank. I mean, everybody here go to bank, right? You go to bank. All right. I know we don't do it like as much nowadays with this digital generation that we live in. But but even still, you walk inside a bank. Now, y'all, y'all walk with me. If, if I'm not telling the truth, you, you let me know. You could, be, you, could, you could have been to that bank a hundred times. That's your home bank. But when you walk into that bank, no matter what you say to the teller, hello, how you doing? You can have a check in your hand. The first thing that teller is going to say to you is, where's your ID? Well, I, well, you don't understand. I've been there. No, 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 no. I, 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 that's cool. I get that. But where's your ID? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I mean, I mean, you know, I come here. I mean, I can. No, no, no. We need to see some ID because see, the ID gives validation that I am who I say I am. Are you following what I'm saying? It gives the authority to cast a check. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, what the resurrection does, it gives authority to the claims that Jesus made. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? So I can believe what Jesus said because watch this, the resurrection, it validates everything that he said. And so we can walk out of this room today and you can stand out there with great love and you can say to people, Jesus is the way, Jesus is the door. Well, how can you say that with so much affirmation because he is the resurrection and he is the life and he is coming back for me. Come on, give Jesus a praise. Clap if you believe that. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. In conclusion, now you can come. Philippians 2.9. Look at this. Oh, I love Jesus so much. Does anybody in this room love Jesus? Oh, gosh, I love him so much. I love him so much. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Everybody say him. And given him, talking about Jesus, the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and, that, and those under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. God has highly exalted Jesus. He's given him a name which is above every name. Jesus is the way to God. 
Jesus said, I'm the door. I'm the resurrection. He said, I'm the way. He doesn't say it in a condescending way. He says it because it's true. And God has highly exalted Jesus and has given him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. He's Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.